Before we start the show, I want to tell you about My First Million, hosted by Sampar and Sean Purry, and available now on the HubSpot Podcast Network. My First Million features famous guests, discusses how companies made their first million, and brainstorms new business ideas based on the hottest trends and opportunities in the marketplace. Recent episodes you should absolutely check out are Three Profitable Business Ideas You Should Start in 2022, Drunk business ideas that could make you millions, and asking the founder of Grammarly how he built a $13 billion company. If you are curious to know how successful business leaders got to where they are and the opportunities and trends you need to be looking out for when it comes to growing your own business, listen to My First Million wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Every week on the show, we coach you to build your business like an airplane. The cockpit is your leadership. The body is your overhead. The right engine is your marketing. The left engine is your sales. The wings are your products. And the fuel tanks are your cash flow. If you master the six parts of a small business, your business will fly far and fast. Every week, we help a business owner just like you optimize their airplane I'm your host, Donald Miller. Today on the show, we're going to talk about something that happens a lot in small businesses, and that is you bring somebody on, they help you build the business, it's an incredible relationship, a great friendship, and sooner or later, uh, the person that you brought on decides they want to go do their own thing. You know, it's it's a moment that comes from two parts of the airplane. The first is the leadership part of the airplane, because you got somebody leaving the cockpit. And second, it's the body of the airplane, your management and execution, your team, because it's going to dramatically change. A lot happens there. Well, the reason that I, I bring all that up is because it happened to me, and it happened with my right-hand guy, Tim Schur. Tim Schur is, or was the first person that I hired when I decided to go from an author with an assistant to an author who was going to start a company. You know, so when I discovered that Tim really wanted to do his own thing and wanted to write a book, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, the, the first thing that I thought was, well, you know, why? And, and what does he not see in me? And, and why doesn't he want to keep doing this? And we built something really special together. It was very, very selfish of me to think that way. So today's episode is going to be great for you if there's part of you that feels threatened. That's really what we're talking about. I feel threatened by a change that's happening in my company by somebody who is feeling their own calling to do something else. If you feel remotely threatened, you're not alone. I felt that way too, and we were able to handle it really well. The second part of this conversation is actually about the book that Tim wrote, which is called The Secret Society of Success. And it's a message that was burning in him. I love the guy. I'll love him forever. We'll be friends forever, and I'm glad to have him on the show today. Here's my conversation with Tim Schur. Tim, it's good to talk to you. And one of our first conversations since you are no longer a member of my team. So crazy, but I'm so pumped to be here. Which is 10 years. You, were, you and I were together for 10 years and we built something really, really cool. We did. And I've been having so many conversations about uh, the book recently. And in so many of these, I'm telling the story of you and I. And it's... It truly just been so fun. Do you tell to the truth or do you tell the story that you and I <laughs> legally agreed to when we put our lawyers in a room? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I, here's, here's the thing because you're going on podcasts all over. You're talking about your new book, Secret Society of Success, which is awesome. I want to cover this from a little bit of a different angle. I think there are a lot of people who are kind of, uh, you know, they're head of a company and there's a right brain person at the top and a left brain person at the top 
or there's an artist and an entrepreneur or an, or an entrepreneur and an operator, you know, all those different, you know, kinds of people who tend to make a great team running a company. And then when somebody gets a little bit of a personal ambition, things begin to kind of fall apart because it's like, hey, we were a team and now you're going to want to go do your own thing. And that, that easily could have happened to us. And there were some moments where you and I had to sit down and say, hey, what, you know, what's going on here? And what are you thinking? And, you know, I had to get used to this idea that, that my guy was, you know, needed to do his own thing. And so there were some great conversations that you and I had. Some of them were harder than others, but we landed on our feet. And I don't know. I mean, you know, anecdotally, I don't know. What, would you give that like a 50-50 shot? I mean, as people kind of deal with that stuff? The way the thing that you and I talked about from the very beginning was we both wanted to look back on this transition and be really proud of how we handled it. That was before we even really talked about details. We just said, hey, yes. the goal is to look back and say, we're going to be very proud of how we did this. And there is nothing that I ever want to do that is done halfway. If I'm going to do something, I want to go all in. And the closer we got to the book release, the more I was realizing how much work this really was. And I was seeing it for the first time from a very different perspective. And you knew more about all of this than I did, having sat in the author seat. And so you, I think, were very, very patient in helping me ultimately land there on, I don't know how these two things can work. If you're going to give 100% of the book and 100% of the job that I had, and the whole time for me, it was a dream. I, I had no real intention that this was the beginning of me starting my own business, but it just kind of started to evolve into that. And so we talked about wanting to be really proud of the way that we handled it. We realized, man, this for this to happen, I, I just kind of have to go launch and chase this thing to really give the book everything that I could. Um, and so one of my favorite things that you ever said was when we sat down with the team, and let them know about the transition, which we set a 90-day runway because I really wanted to make sure I was setting the team up for success and all of that. And you said, Tim helped make my dream come true. I want us to do everything that we can to make his dream come true. And that's a huge deal because I know that there is an opportunity for this to go a lot of different ways. I know a lot of people who have transitioned out of companies and this isn't the kind of experience they've been able to have in launching and chasing into a new dream. And you know, a lot of these people don't have good relationships with their previous employer. And after all that we had accomplished together, it just would have been such a tragedy for it to ever end that way. But for us to be in this place where we're fighting to continue to you know, be champions for one another and for you to say the kind of thing that you said to our team has meant the world. And you've given me such a launching pad to go chase this thing with you being my biggest supporter and biggest fan. And I, I truly can't think of a more positive way to transition. And that's so much of this story that I've been able to share. And when I tell people those kinds of details, they're like, what? <laughs> that doesn't happen. I'm like, I know. Well, you know, the interesting thing, Tim, is first of all, you're, you're being very kind. You know, the, the reality is, you know, our company was quarter million dollars a year before you came on board. And the year you left was 16.5. And you were, you were with us about just under 10 years. And you were really instrumental in, in building all of that, certainly project managing everything and then leading a team. And so the, the thing that I had to tell myself was there were two things really, and I say this on behalf of the listeners who are out there who have a, a, a second or third or somebody in command who's 
you know, thinking about doing their own thing and they're getting a little ambitious and all that kind of stuff. The thing that I had to tell myself was, one, you're going to lose him anyway. If this is in his heart, he's got he's gone. And it may be a year, maybe two years, maybe five years, but he's going to do this. So it's one of those things where you realize, okay, this is a battle I'm going to have to lose in order to win the war. And a lot of people think that that isn't true, that you don't, I'm going to lose the battle of keeping Tim in order to win the war of both of us having, uh, you know, our dream come true, morale on the team remaining high, me being seen as somebody who actually supports the team rather than only does so with lip service, uh, you being able, and then here's the second thing. The second question was, okay, I kept saying, okay, what does Tim want? What do I want? What does Tim want? What do I want? And then I actually asked myself, you know, and some people who listen to this aren't spiritual, so, you know, take this uh, as you wish, but I kind of asked myself, okay, what is God doing with Tim's life? And it was very obvious to me, very obvious. God is is building a platform with Tim. God's going to put Tim on top of a platform where he can go share his message. And at that point, everything changed for me. And I just went, oh, got it. You know, I don't. I don't think a lot of people go that far. I think they say you're you're either with me or you're against me. You're either for me or or you're competing with me. But you and I were able to to work it out, and I'm very very grateful. And so, you know, one of the things we want to say on this podcast interview is if you are dealing with this kind of situation, it is possible that you can do this extremely well. You kind of have to let go and collectively come to some terms and move on. But I just know, I, you know, I've been personally, personally, I've been incredibly benefited by how we handled this. Now, you've been nice to me. Let me be nice to you. You did not hide the fact that you were writing a book. You did not hide the fact that while you were helping me build a platform, you started thinking about building your own platform. You did not hide the fact that you wanted to record a podcast. You did not hide the fact. And to me, that's just integrity 101. When you think about the tenets of your business, what comes to mind? For me, it's not about first impressions. It's about lasting relationships. It shows I'm dedicated to learning and growing with this person or business no matter what. HubSpot's CRM platform helps your business sustain relationships at scale, harnessing the power of technology to transform single impressions into loyal customers. With HubSpot CRM's detailed tracking and reporting, you can easily view key trends and model behavior across the customer lifecycle. Detailed data and analytics help you make customer-focused decisions at every stage of your business. HubSpot is built to grow with you wherever you are headed next. Learn how your business can grow better at HubSpot.com. And now, back to the show. All right, Tim, there's a second conversation, and that is, how did you start thinking about this book, and when did the idea of a secret society of success come to you? And when did you realize Miller's not going to cover this? <laughs> I got to cover it. Because <laughs> there are probably some people who are listening saying, I want a platform. And then you listen to what they're going to do. And you're like, eh, that's not very good. But yours was actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this has been, when I heard this story, this to me started to shape a lot of the ways that I was thinking at the time. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of us are familiar with the story of Apollo 11. You have Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, you know, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. But what a lot of people don't realize is there's actually a third astronaut on that mission, and his name was Michael Collins. 
So here you have Michael Collins, the guy Ubers Neil and Buzz to the moon, drops them <laughs> off so that they can do these various tasks on the moon's surface while Michael in the command module orbits the moon something like 26 times until the guys are ready to be picked up and brought back to Earth. What makes this a miserable story is if Michael Collins were to get back from Earth and sit down with the press and say something like, well, it sure would have been nice to actually walk on the moon and you know, acted like a victim, tried to take a spotlight right, right, right. away from the mission as a whole, but that's not what he said. He talked about how content he was to have had one of the three seats. He was happy to be part of the team. So there's this cultural message out there that says to be successful, we have to step in the spotlight, climb the ladder, be the boss, whatever that looks like. Like we have to actually walk on the moon to be happy. And what's interesting about all this is so much of the contentment that I started to feel in my life was when I was willing to step into a behind the scenes role and be a part of a team. And so, so much of the journey that I've been on for the last several years is what is success actually? Because to me, it hasn't felt true that it's only these particular things. And in fact, being a part of the team for me is when I really started to get traction. So I think there's a lot of people out there as well who are maybe questioning that definition of success for themselves. And so this book, this group of people that I've called the Secret Society of Success is showing me that new way to live and a new way to define success. And it's countercultural. It's opposite of what we're hearing a lot of today. It's interesting, Tim, because you know I, I would agree, and and um, the the people that I've known who have needed success. Let me just put it that way: they've needed it. You know, where, where they feel a little bit desperate for it. Uh, you know, so they're always posturing on Instagram, or they're never home. They're always out on the road trying to get another audience to clap for them. Uh, they're presenting an identity that isn't necessarily true. I've not met a single one of those people who are actually happy. Not one. Mm. Not a single yeah. one. Yeah. And yet the people who I find that are, let's just say, moderately successful, what I notice is in the algorithm in, in which they, that they use to decide whether or not to take the next step. You know, am I going to run for president? Or am I going to do this next film? Or am I going to sell my company and buy another company and start over as an executive? I've met all those people. And the ones who actually say, well... You know, I've got to include in the algorithm my children, my grandchildren, my faith. Whenever they actually measure success in a holistic sense and either do or decide not to take the next step, often, in fact, more often, decide not to, hmm. those people are actually happy. And I've seen it over and over. And yet it's very, very counterintuitive. Is that part of, of the algorithm that you're suggesting in this book that helps us create a sense of success? Absolutely. And, you know, there's so many other things as well. When I was working with you guys, uh, I did all the hiring. And one day an application came through for um, somebody and on their resume was one of my favorite companies and brands. And if I were to tell you the name of the brand, everyone would know it. We've likely engaged with it in some way. I couldn't wait to talk to this person to find out what it was like to work at this brand. So in this first interview, I'm like, okay, tell me everything. Like, I can't wait to hear about it. They said, well, here's the thing. It's a really competitive environment, but nobody there has your back. And I'm like, huh, nobody there has your back. Like, what's that all about? And they're, they're talking about how they were only concerned about their own success, that it's as though if they were to ever do anything that would allow somebody else to win, that it would somehow keep them from winning. So therefore, they didn't do it. 
So they were only in it for themselves and really operating out of that scarcity mentality. But there's a very different approach, and I think it's one that you're you know, definitely somebody who subscribes to this way of thinking, which is help others win. The foundation of StoryBrand is this idea of being the guide, not the hero. Well, what is that? That's helping somebody else win. Hmm. So what if, instead of us always thinking about only what it is that we can gain, the success that we have, the, the metrics that our company has when it comes to revenue or whatever, what if actually we started to measure success differently? And you used to say, if we actually obsess about our customer's success and not our own, that's when things can really happen for us, right? Mm. To get obsessed with the idea of helping somebody else win. So when you have a whole culture saying, this is the only one path, I'm just sitting here thinking, that's not what I'm seeing. I'm just seeing a group of people who are defining success through the lens of helping others win. That is what it means to me. That is one of the definitions of success that I'm wanting to step and walk toward. You know, there's people listening, Tim, who have created something of a hedonistic culture in their, in their workplace. And that is the culture that you defined earlier, where, it's, where everybody's just sort of in it for themselves. Yeah. You know, I think about Enron. If you've ever seen the documentary, The Smartest Guys in the Room, that documentary is about the hedonistic culture, the Darwinian system at Enron, they would literally fire the bottom 10% of performers, I think, once wow. a year. So it doesn't matter whether you're doing a great job. If you were in the bottom 10%, you just got, it was a Darwinian system. And we saw what happened with that. My mother lost her entire retirement about a year after she retired because Enron collapsed. She was in oil and gas in Texas. And um, everybody can imagine then how great their customer relationships would be and how great their morale would be if everybody just had a, hey, I got to help somebody else win today. How do people prevent getting a hedonistic lifestyle in their workplace? And what are, what are some actionable steps? What are some things that they can do to go ahead and create a, an other-centered environment? Yeah, we, we are operating and living in this tension. I mean, I wish I could say to you, well, there's going to be a day that now you no longer think about yourself and you'll have totally arrived. <laughs> it's kind of like exercising. You don't just land. You don't arrive. Well, you wouldn't live very long if you didn't think about yourself, right? I mean, it's it's not a bad thing to think about how much you're getting no. paid or a promotion no. or all that. It, I, I've always said the relationship that you have with your employer should be mutually beneficial. Yes. You know, that you should be respected and then you should bring respect for the team and others. But how do we keep it from being, you know, Wall Street style cutthroat me first mentality? So um, you spoke at an event in 2017 uh, called LeaderCast in Atlanta. Another one of the speakers that day was a guy named Andy Stanley. So these questions, the what's in it for me kind of world that we're living in is very prevalent. And so you would think in trying to figure out our path, how do we take steps forward if we're trying to live purposeful careers? These are very questions that a lot of us are asking. You know, what's in it for me? Why am I here? All these things. And Andy said, these are the wrong questions. He says, the question we need to ask is, who am I here for? And what I love about the who am I here for approach is it still requires us to show up and do our thing, to bring our best, right. but it postures us in the way of serving others and helping somebody else win. And I love this idea so much. I was so inspired by that talk that I actually came back and in my office, I created eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. And at the top, I wrote, who am I here for? 
And below it, I put the pictures and the names of every single one of our employees and their families. Because on the days when I want to make it about myself, which is often, right? Like I have a busy schedule, a full calendar, a never-ending list of tasks. On those days, I want to just jump right in, beeline it to my desk and get my stuff done. But then I look up and just over the corner of my desk at the whiteboard, I see who am I here for? So a very simple thing that we can do is actually remind ourselves, we are here to show up for other people today. I have to bring my best. I have to do my work with excellence because it matters for someone else, right? So for a business owner, who am I here for is you showing up for your customer. If you're a leader at a business, you showing up for your employees. If you're you know, a, a parent, you showing up for your family. It gives us a deeper sense of purpose too. That's it. That's I mean, it's, it. it's really, it really is, you're running on sort of fumes when it's all about you. And it's just a yeah. black hole that can't be filled. And, but when you, when you think about, uh, show up and you think about others, it actually gets, it's, you know, everything that we want from being selfish, we get from being selfless. It's, mm -hmm. it's so counterintuitive. Oh, That's so good. But it is, it's true. Everything that we want by thinking me first, we get when we put others first. Mm -hmm. You know, a sense of, you know, people respect us. They want to be around us. You know, they like us, all that stuff. We, we, we're, we're richly rewarded for it, sometimes financially. Uh, we have deeper friendships, greater bonds. We're, we have greater security because people have our backs, on and on and on and on. Tim, the book is called The Secret Society of Success. People can get it on Amazon, wherever they buy books. Where can they find out more about what you're doing now that you've left uh, Business Made Simple and Story Brand? Yeah. Buildawinningteam.com is, uh, is every place. Or that's where everybody can go to find out all that I'm doing. And I just have kind of a closing thought. This has been a North Star for me in all of this. And it's really the posture that I'm wanting to take uh, as I progress through my life and career. And it's this. Albert Schweitzer said, I don't know what your destiny will be. Some of you will perhaps occupy remarkable positions. Perhaps some of you will become famous by your pens or as artists. But I know one thing, the only ones among you who will be really happy are those who have sought and found how to serve. And to me, that's it. That's the stuff. That's a great note to end on, Tim. You certainly live that out. Listen, if you and your, uh, somebody on your team is having conversations about splitting up, going different directions, it can be amazing. It can be amazing. And Tim... Uh, you did it extremely well. You did it with integrity, and uh, you definitely followed your heart, and so I'm, I'm ecstatic for you. Love you, buddy. Thank you so much. You hope when somebody wants to write a book, you hope when your friend writes a book that it's good. And I cannot tell you. I, I will tell you exactly where I am, I, I, where I was. I was on the swing on the front porch when I opened Tim's book and started reading it, and I thought, thank God, it's actually a good book. Uh, he writes clean, and that and writing clean, meaning easy to understand where you're going and have the points be very valuable, is the highest praise I can give any nonfiction writer. And uh, and Tim has accomplished it. So go check out the Secret Society of Success. All right, at the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action from today's coaching conversation. These are the main takeaways you can immediately implement to strengthen and grow your business. And today's plan of action is all about not feeling threatened when somebody wants to leave supporting them as they leave. Uh, and uh, I want to give you five steps that uh, that Tim and I took. We didn't know we were taking these steps, but there are five steps that we took 
in hindsight that will help you and uh, whoever it is on your team transition. So here's the first step. Be a safe and trustworthy person. Set aside the feelings of being threatened and be a really safe person that that whoever is leaving can come to and talk to. And, and what, what do I get out of that? I get trust. I get trust from my team members and I get great morale. And I, hard things going to happen in the life of a company, period. They're just going to happen. And if you can turn those into speed bumps rather than ditches that you, you get stuck in, it's going to go a lot better. Don't expect perfection. Uh, be a safe and trustworthy person and a giving person. All right, step two, be willing to be honest about what's actually happening. Two of you are going to have to sit together and say, what do you really want? It might take a minute for you folks to sit down together and figure out what the other person uh, really wants. And then we've got to accept that. We've got to accept this is happening uh, and I'm not going to take it personally and I'm going to try to support this person and get through this with a friendship intact. Number three, and you heard it in the interview itself, probably the best question that I asked during that transition was, okay, what is God doing? What's God doing in my life? What's God doing in Tim's life? You think that God has brought the people into your life who work with you to support you. What if God also brought you into their life to support them? Just asking the question. <laughs> and when I asked myself that question, it was really obvious that it was just, it was not all about me. And, uh, and that was really, really helpful. All right, number four, and this is the part that you have been waiting for me to get to. You got to be super clear and agree on a plan. What's the actual exit plan? When are you going to go? How are you going to go? Is there a severance package? What's expected of you before you leave? If you don't like the exit plan, you're not done talking. You got to keep, you got to have further conversations about it. And both of you are going to have to give a little bit, uh, but you got to be clear and you got to be, you got to have the plan. You got to both support the plan. And then finally, the fifth step in this whole thing is be extremely supportive of each other uh, as this transition happens. Be, super, be each other's cheerleaders. You, I mean, you heard it with Tim and I. That's genuine. That, that support is really, really genuine. And you've got to just say, I want him to win. I want him to win. I want him to win. I'm obsessed with Tim Schurer winning. I really am. And I'll tell you what we need. We need more business coaches who can coach people through these, these moments. These are emotional moments. There's business strategy involved. There's psychology involved. There's trust issues. And it's the sort of thing we talk about in our certified coaching program. And if you're looking to help other small businesses through moments like this, uh, we can certify you to do that. Just go to certifiedbusinesscoach.com. If you've wanted to be a business coach and you want to help people go through their, these very difficult transitions, uh, we can certify you to do that. Certifiedbusinesscoach.com. All right, everybody. Thanks as always for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you build your business like an airplane so you can fly it far and fast. See you next week. 